Oh, are we celebrating right now? Victory Monday is upon us. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't uh, neat. It uh, didn't look good for a while. Uh, all, all the all the things that you thought could go wrong were gonna go wrong, but in the end, the Browns made a fourth quarter game uh, changing drive to take the lead, and the Buffalo Bills missed a field goal at uh, at the end. So that all adds up to a Browns 19-16 victory today down at First Energy Stadium. Uh, Browns improved to three and six. Bills fall to six and three. Hi everybody, this is Dan from LOTL here with you, the Browns post-game show, uh, along with uh, frequent contributor not only to LOTL but uh, LOTLpodcast.com, Steven Stefano. Steve, how are you? Dan, it's a pleasure to say that I'm actually celebrating a Browns win for once. This Heck is great. yes. Heck yes. Uh, yeah, so like I said, I mean, and all, all of you that I'm sure are listening to this watched it, uh, it wasn't pretty. Uh, outside of outside of probably the first drive of the game for the Browns, uh, you they, know they racked up a lot of yards in the first half, but got no points because uh, apparently we don't know how to get a yard uh, down at the goal line to save our lives. And it looked for a while that that might end up costing us that game. You know, the first drive was great. The last drive was great. Pretty much everything in between was just a mess. Yeah, everything everything in between. Uh, was basically uh, typical Browns. The lucky thing about it is that, as we've said offline for, for a while now, um, Buffalo is not as good a team as their record suggests. Uh, that was vividly apparent today. Uh, i, I got to be honest. I, going into today's game, now, as I've watched the game, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know who this guy is. I know who this guy is. Going into the game, I probably couldn't name you five players on Buffalo's team outside of Josh Allen. Yeah. They're a team that, I mean, maybe it just comes with the territory being in a small market, but you know, maybe the national folks don't talk about them very much. You know, before this year, they didn't talk about the Browns very much, it seemed. But um, yeah, it's just a lot of anonymous guys for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'll tell you, they, uh, I mean, they're a good football team. I mean, they're six and two. A lot of people say they haven't played anybody, but. Uh, well, now six and three. Counter but, argument to that is you have to beat the teams that are on your schedule. Right, exactly. Absolutely, you know, they, they've done exactly. a decent job of that. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at it, that's something that the Browns haven't done. Now, no. granted, the Browns have had a much tougher schedule to start the season than Buffalo has, but um, you know, none of that really matters when you get out there on the field. And the Browns, you know, I'm gonna say this, Steve. You weren't with me last week, but after that Denver loss, I came on here and I was. I basically just uh, uh, read Freddie Kitchens' The Riot Act for 25 minutes after last week's game. And I got to say, I don't think he improved at all from last week. I thought the Browns won in spite of their head coach today. I think that's fair to say. And, and last week, you know, I was down at beautiful Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse uh, this, the Cavaliers game was actually just starting while the Browns game was ending, and I was just thinking to myself, I mean, Dan has got to be, like, I mean, if I was, like, you were my boss and I was the subordinate, like, and you were yelling like that at me, I would have probably just gone home crying and never come back again. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how last week was. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, I lost my mind. Luckily, we don't have to adjudicate last week anymore. Uh, 
you know, I don't know that this is a the type of result that gives you a lot of long-term confidence for the Browns, but the the simple fact of the matter is that they were down 16 to 12 with 5 minutes left. They were in almost the same situation last week against Denver. They were down 24 to 19. They didn't get it done last week. They got it done this time. Yeah, I I I think what you said earlier was was pretty accurate in that the first drive looked good, the last drive looked good. Everything else in between was meh. Um, but the important thing was they got that last drive. So so many times, even this year, the you know in the fourth quarter, uh, you know you talk about it with uh, the Seattle game. Yes, yeah, Seattle uh, also. They they were down four and got the ball back and they they turned it over. Absolutely. Um, so in that game, the Browns actually took the lead with a drive in the fourth quarter, but the defense couldn't hold it, so they gave up a drive right back, and then the Browns ended up getting the ball again and turned the ball over. So. It was good to see the Browns actually in the fourth quarter like, okay, Buffalo scored a touchdown to take a lead with about six minutes left. Uh, for fans to look at Baker in the offense and be like, okay, what are you going to do? And he goes right down the field and scores a touchdown. And I thought even bigger than that was that whole snafu at the beginning of the drive where we thought that Buffalo had a scoop and score touchdown and the game was going to be over with that pop pass, which ended yeah. up being an incomplete pass. And right after that, you saw Baker in the offense go, you know, went right down the field and scored. Um, I thought that was big. I think that's going to be big for Baker's confidence moving forward. And who caught the touchdown pass? Rashard Higgins. Rashard Hollywood Higgins, who has, for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know if this is a... uh, front office thing because Hollywood Higgins was brought in by the previous regime and you know they're just think that they can get it done with their guys which is funny because Antonio Callaway was a healthy scratch today so uh you see what happens you don't allow uh, Antonio Callaway to take away Higgins opportunities what does Higgins do he goes in and he catches the game-winning touchdown now that was pretty much his only catch of the game it just goes to show you that even if you're having a tough day or you know maybe you've got other responsibilities blocking and, and other stuff. You know you could be having the the toughest day for fifty eight minutes, but all it takes sometimes is one play to make your to, to make your game. Yeah, and, absolutely. And that was a perfect example of that, and why you should never give up, even when something's you know when you when it's not going well. Sure, for sure. All right, so let's just go through the stats of, of the game real quick here um, for uh, for the Browns. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 26 of 38, uh, 238 yards, two touchdowns, and probably the biggest number was no turnovers. Second week in a row. Second week in a row, he has not thrown an interception, not fumbled. Um, So that's, above all else, that's the biggest thing because in this game, if if we would have turned the ball over, Buffalo probably has about 30 points instead of 16. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that, that pop pass incomplete. Uh, which we thought was a fumble. That was seven that they didn't and That get. was seven right there. It would have been 23, and the game would have been over. Yep. Um, but they got the call right in the end because, you know, if you're pitching the ball forward, it's it's a forward pass. So it was dropped by Hunt. Ball hit the ground and, you know, was picked up and ran in. But it, they ended up getting that play right. So anyway, Baker, 26-38, 238, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Sorry about that. I'm on ESPN, and an ad started playing. Uh, Nick Chubb, boy, if he's not top two running back in the NFL this year, I 
don't know what to say. I mean, the guy is just. They honestly didn't give it to him enough today. I mean, no, he did. No, and that that's one thing that we talked about in our in our text chain uh, that we have every week was you know he he got the ball twenty times in a game like this against uh, a team that had given up four straight hundred yard rushers in Buffalo. Uh, there's no reason why the combination of Chubb and Kareem Hunt shouldn't have gotten the ball 40 times. Yeah. I don't understand it. And they and they only got the ball 24 times because Nick Chubb got 20 carries, 116 yards, which is 5.8 yards a pop, had a long of 24. Kareem Hunt had four carries for 30 yards, uh, 7.5 yard average. Um, Kareem Hunt, he, he got his touches in the passing game. He had seven catches for 44 yards. So he got the ball about 10 times. So, you know, if you look at it, Pat, run pass, those guys got uh, about 32, 33 touches overall. One thing that I was actually very pleasantly surprised to see was two things on that final drive. First thing is that Kareem Hunt, they, they had him on the field and were utilizing him a lot with the game on the line. Right. That tells you, right out of the box for him, first game off the of suspension. So that tells you that they really do like this guy. They really think that he could be a major contributor for them. And then secondly, they, the fact that they, you know, probably, they, no, not probably, they had passed the ball way too much in, in the preceding <coughs> parts of the game. So you're thinking, okay, they're just going to throw, throw, throw on that final drive. No, Nick Chubb got the ball in, in plenty of situations. I think he ripped off one where he was dragging two and three guys for a while. Yeah. You know, it, they, they really did a great job of play calling on that final drive. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought early in the game they did a really good job with Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt on the field at the same time. I thought they got away with that in the middle of the game a little bit, and that to me that points back to Freddie. I don't know if he's overthinking it with his play calling. I really don't. But these these weird like you got these four or five guys in motion in the backfield, and then you're throwing a wide receiver screen out to a guy who's six yards behind the line of scrimmage, and he has to fight and claw just to get back to the line, like that. That play's never going to be productive, no matter who's out there, who you're throwing it to. I don't know why they call that play, but and then they do these like like pop pat. Like I, I don't understand why you're calling that play, which has the ability to be disastrous. You're calling that pop pass play uh, on that final drive when you should just be lining up, get the, getting the ball to your best players, in a way that it's not going to be catastrophic for you if you know something goes wrong, like a handoff to Kareem Hunt instead of trying this stupid pop pass when Kareem Hunt hasn't played a football game in 340 days. Why are you trying to do that to him with four minutes left in the game? You know, the I jet, don't understand. That little jet sweep uh, shovel pass play that you're, that you're referring to, um, it is almost the pro version of an option, yeah. uh, effectively, which you hardly ever see in the NFL. I mean, Baltimore is running it a little bit with Lamar Jackson, but he seems to be a once-in-a-generation type talent with his legs. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's a risky call in that in that situation where you know you have to score, otherwise you lose. You know, I mean the, I guess the devil's advocate argument would be, well, you got to go balls to the wall at this point. You know, nothing besides a touchdown even helps you. But True. I mean that that did seem like a bit of a reckless call, and it was nearly disastrous. Thank goodness NFL Instant Replay uh, did its job on that one. Yeah. And also, I gotta say, uh, to me, game ball absolutely one hundred percent, without a doubt, would go to Jarvis Landry today. He, oh, he was, was incredible today. I mean, not only the not only the touchdown catch on the first drive, 
the catch he had down by the about to get us down to the ten yard line on the final drive where he he had to turn around and that was, might have been was, the catch of the season for which the Browns. Was actually, so far. That was fabulous. Which was actually a great throw too because if Baker throws that where it's supposed to go, it gets intercepted because the deep, the defender was coming uh, coming through. But it was great to see Landry realize it, looks up at the ball and realizes, oh, this is going to the outside now, and quickly turns. And when he turns, the ball is like right in his arms. You can't. I mean, if you have not played football, if you not play receiver, you. I mean. You just can't understand just how difficult that can be when you're expecting, you know, basically an object to be coming towards you and you're looking one direction and it's like, oh, it's not there. You know, very quickly look the other direction and, oh, have the hand-eye coordination to very quickly, you know, basically turn your entire body around and get and get your hands on it. That's right. a very difficult skill and he did it perfectly. Um, yeah, so I, I thought Jarvis Landry had a great game. I mean... You're very rarely ever going to get. You're very rarely ever going to hear me say a bad bad word about Jarvis Landry. I just, I love the guy. I love the way he plays. Uh, he's one of the better receivers in the NFL. Um, you know, and then you know we get to his uh, his cohort, his best bud, Odell Beckham. Who, to be honest with you, I I don't think I I really don't think he played very well today. He had five catches for. Uh, Five catches for 57 yards, but he had five catches on 12 targets. So that means Baker threw it to him seven times and it didn't catch. Had a key drop in the red zone. I think it was in the second quarter. Yeah. um, I I just don't know what they – Baker and Odell just don't seem to be getting on the same page, and I don't know what it is. I can't pinpoint it, but something's going on there, and I don't know. I don't know if it's all the time that they missed uh, together in the preseason and they just haven't been able to figure it out. But to me, <clears throat> to me again, this all goes back to coaching, where you have to be able to figure out a way to get your most talented player on offense into situations where things can be made easy for him, and to allow him to then let his talent take over once he gets the ball. It just seems like they're having a hard time with the part of getting Odell Beckham the ball, whether it's scheming to get him open, or whether it's you know figuring out a way during the game where you can use him in different. <clears throat> different positions as a wide receiver. I don't know what it is, but if you're gonna run that, you know, shovel pass jet sweep play, you might as well try that with him. I mean, you know, yeah, you can do that. You know, <clears throat> something simple like that to get in the ball. I mean, I mean, you, got, you got to run some timing routes. I think at one point, um, one of our buddies, Matt Steigerwald, had he had said, "Why, why won't we ever run a slant route?" Like that seems, if you recall, it was a little slant route that Beckham, you know, ended up taking 85 yards for a touchdown against right. the Jets. You know, why are we not seeing more of that? Right. It, we can't sit here and, and say, and we can't accept the coaches' responses that we've been getting for this every time this gets brought up in the me, in uh, media sessions, where you know our, our coaches will say, "Oh, well, you know, defenses are slanting towards Odell, and you know they're trying to take him out with multiple defenders." I don't buy that. And number one, it, I don't care if it's true. Number two, defenses do that to every team's best receiver. And somehow, someway, other teams find a way to get their best receivers the football. We, for some reason, haven't been able to. So, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And that's not happening all the time. Because if you recall, on the first play of the final drive for the Browns, it was a little out pass that yeah. Baker threw, threw to Odell. The defender wasn't even in the screen when he caught the pass. Right. 
Oh, by the way, the what what is Freddie Kitchens doing at the end of the first half? Getting the ball back with 17 seconds left and trying to run a drive from like our own 15 yard line. What I mean, are you doing? I mean, if he was like gonna try to go for like the old Dan Marino fake fake knee or fake spike or something, yeah, like, but I mean you know, that you know, and try and catch Buffalo off guard, that'd be one thing. But yeah, the only I, the only I, good thing that can come out of that is. Uh, well, actually, there is no good. The only thing that can come out of that type of situation going for it is negative because you're not going to score in 17 seconds. I don't care if you have three timeouts left. The only thing that can happen is A, Baker gets hit, gets hurt. B, Baker throws an interception. Or C, strip sack. Yeah, strip sack. Or D, you hand the ball off and Nick Chubb takes an uh, unnecessary hit to end the half when he doesn't need to. So I, it's it it's the same stuff week in and week out that Freddie has not grasped and has not grasped. And he's not going to grasp all season because we're nine games in now and nothing's changed. So, you know, like I said, today they won in spite of their coach. Uh, if you look at it, uh, Freddie mismanaged the time again. He mismanaged timeouts. What in God's name was he doing calling a timeout at the end of the third quarter when it was third and four? And Buffalo had the ball, and they weren't they weren't going to snap the ball. And Freddie calls a timeout with four seconds left when when Buffalo was clearly trying to run the clock out in the fourth quarter, and he called a timeout, wasted a timeout. Like it's like it's like Freddie doesn't value timeouts. Like yeah, it's it, timeouts do you no good if you take them into the locker room or or you have some I on didn't... the on the board when you when you're done with the game, but. You have to situationally keep your timeouts for the end of the game. I admit that was a weird sequence, what, what happened at the end of the third quarter, but getting your defense the way you want it in that situation, with that being such a huge play, um, I guess I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna castigate but, him for using the timeout there. But they weren't gonna snap the ball, and that was it was obvious. I guess. Going back to the the 17 seconds left in the first half, uh, not being able to do anything, Freddie Kitchens has a little bit of an alibi here because Nick Saban actually did the exact same thing in the LSU-Alabama game yesterday where they only had 24 seconds left in the half, and they threw threw a pick, and LSU ended up scoring a touchdown right right after that. It was basically the reason Alabama lost the game. Well, yeah, it's not not an alibi. It can sometimes even happen to the greatest of coaches. That's uh, that's not that's not an alibi then because he saw it. And I'm sure, and I get Freddie Kitchens is an Alabama alumni. You really think he didn't watch that game last night? He he saw that exact same situation and he saw what happened. So why would he try and do it in the Browns game? I don't get it. That's not an alibi to me. That's just making him look like a bigger idiot than than he is as a coach. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but as a coach, he's you know put the dunce cap on him because he's been horrific. I said I said in the. I said in the in the the text chat we have that uh, he's worse than Hugh Jackson, and I'm going to stand by that. Right now, I have no evidence to think the contrary. At least uh, I've said this before with Hugh Jackson. At least they knew they were going to suck. They knew they had no talent. So, you know, F- Freddie Kitchen, this team is supposed to be able to win, and we're now sitting at three and six. We were two and six going into today. Last year, when Hugh Jackson got fired, the team was two five and one. So the team actually had a better record entering today at the same point last year, and Hugh got fired. So, yeah, Freddie's gonna get no sympathy from me. 
But anyway, we're still complaining a lot. Well, at least I am complaining a lot. But the Browns did win, so we're celebrating today. It doesn't sound like it, but no, I am. it certainly doesn't. <laughs> but tomorrow, I'm going to be tweeting Victory Monday. You know, I'm going to be excited to hear Uncle Rizzy ringing the cowbell and all that stuff, and it's going to be great. Uh, but that all to say, we have a very short week today or this week coming up, and those damned yellow towels are going to be coming into First Energy Stadium. I like the fact that the game's on a Thursday because that means probably fewer folks from Pittsburgh are going to be coming in, you would think, unless they're just deciding, ah, we'll just take a long weekend, I guess. Yeah. You know, that, thank, you know thanks you, NFL for that little assist Yeah, but you, you know those freaks are going to be are going to come. It's, it's a short it's only, trip. It's only two hours. It's not even a two-hour drive. Barely. Those yeah. freaks. <laughs> I hate them. Speaking um, of the Steelers, they are playing against the Rams right now. We'll get to the uh, out-of-town scoreboard here in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so Browns win. Uh, if the Browns can somehow win on Thursday, they climb to four and six. Uh, we'll go to two and zero oh in the division. We'll have uh, divisional tiebreakers on uh, Ravens and the Steelers. So you know, it's I, if the Browns win. Are we doing podcast at eleven thirty p.m. Thursday oh night? Oh boy! Oh boy! I don't know. I, I don't know. That's. I guess it depends on what I'm doing for the game. Because <laughs> I might not be back in my apartment here at 11:30 at night. You might be slightly inebriated for that yeah. game as well. For that yeah. podcast as well. Hey, allegedly. Allegedly. Stay tuned, folks. Anyway, anyway, yeah, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves for next Thursday or this coming Thursday, actually. Yeah. Um, but like you said, uh, let's go around the league here and see see what's been going on with the uh, early games and then the games that are going on right now. Okay, so going back to Thursday, uh, Raiders 26, Chargers 24. Big come from behind victory late for the Raiders. They're now 5-3 and three after that awful five start. 5-4. 5-4, excuse yeah. me. I thought, um, it was re- I thought it was really cool to see John Gruden go down and celebrate with a black hole. I think that's a cool aspect. Um, but unfortunately, that's going to be short-lived because uh, this is the last year that they're playing in Oakland. So, when You have to wonder if Vegas is actually going to take to them like like Oakland has. I'm, I'm guessing with it being a very transient type of a community, it's not going to work out it. great, but uh, who knows. Um, moving on to today's games, uh, Buccaneers 30, Cardinals 27. That's kind of an irrelevant score. I mean, neither one of those teams are really going much of anywhere. Yep. Um, in, in another prison inmate type matchup, Jets 34, Giants 27. That's actually a, a, just a season killer for the Giants. They, yeah. They're any momentum they were building is pretty much shot Who loses now. to the Jets? Well, teams from the NFC East, apparently. Wow. The Cowboys and the Cowboys Giants. Cowboys and now the Giants. Them. Look out, Eagles. Oh, did they play the Eagles already? have already oh, okay. beaten them. So. Yeah. Um, shocker of the day. Falcons, 26, Saints, I 9. I could not believe that. What in the world? Couldn't believe that scoreline when I saw <laughs> it. That was unbelievable. I mean, is... I didn't obviously I didn't see any of this game, but like, are we at the point where we're thinking quarterback controversy in New Orleans? Like, no. Drew Brees comes get back and they, they get crushed. Like, get out of here. No, please. Oh, oh boy, the disrespect you put on Drew Brees' name with that comment. My brother's gonna hear this and he's gonna be yep. like, "What the hell uh, are yeah. you talking about?" Yeah, he's gonna wring your neck <laughs> when he comes in for Thanksgiving. 
it'll be in a few weeks' time. We'll be playing our Turkey Bowl game out at Strongsville Middle School. That's right. Um, On the Deerfield gridiron. Yes. Um, the Chiefs lose again. They they go they to ended Nashville. Up losing? They get they get beat thirty five thirty two by the Titans. Wow. Titans are back to five hundred with that. Chiefs are just six and four. See, I wasn't paying I wasn't paying very much attention to the scores in the games because obviously I was, you know, consumed by the Hyper Browns game. Did you know? But I did. I do have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill in uh, one of my fantasy leagues, and they they went off pretty well. Tyreek Hill so. had a huge game. Yeah, yes. so that was good. But wow, that's crazy! Wow, they lost to Tennessee. Tennessee is like the team that just won't go away. They, wow. they, you know, they lost to Ryan Tannehill. I... Good grief! Wait, they, they Wait, they lost to Ryan Tannehill. Are you serious? Yes, they did. Yes. Was that the sound bite? Okay. Yeah. Um, my bad. Uh, <laughs> okay, Howard Dean. Um, Ravens 49, Bengals 13. Bengals suck. Ravens are pretty good. Nothing to see here. Move on. Um, Bears 20. Lions. Idiot. That's for the Bengals. <laughs> The Bengals do not have a win. I'm so glad the Browns still get to play them twice. I don't know if the Bengals are going to get a win. They may not. They really may not. They play Miami still. I mean, that might be their their best opportunity. Is that the worst game of the last decade? Is Dolphins? Uh, well, Bengals. I may hedge on this because the I'm going to skip ahead to the four o'clock window here. The Dolphins are actually leading the Colts ten nothing at halftime in oh Indianapolis. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Indianapolis, like I keep saying, that you just never know what you're going to get from them from week to week. And I'm hoping Miami pulls this game because Indianapolis might be one of the teams that the Browns are fighting for a wild card if they can turn this thing That's around. That's true. You Come know. on, Seth. Woof, woof. Shout out, Brian Hoyer. Let's start playing better today and get get uh, get the Colts on the board here. Oh, yeah. Um, Bears 20, Lions 13. Bears uh, Mitchell Trubisky. There's a giant Trubisky. asterisk next to that game because Matt Stafford didn't play. Mm. But well, Mitchell Trubisky went through a terrible week in the media. The, the speculation was that you know should the Bears change quarterback? Blah blah. blah. Well, at least he's probably sit Dave that off for another week. Yeah, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. <laughs> uh, looking in also at the four o'clock window here, Packers fourteen, Panthers ten. That's about midway through the second quarter right now. That's. Good Matchup between two pretty good teams there. Packers are seven and two. The Panthers are five and three. Um, you've got the the Rams facing the Steelers right now. That game's tied at seven with about nine minutes left in the second quarter. Obviously, we hope the Rams can take care of business there in the Steel City. If the Steelers win that game, they would actually go above five hundred at five and four. Um, if they lose, the Browns will have an opportunity to go back in front of them in the standings. You know, that's, that, that's like literally my worst nightmare. So in the span of a year, the Steelers are going to lose Le'Veon Bell, they're going to lose Antonio Brown, and Ben Roethlisberger essentially breaks his, his elbow. And if they win today, they're going to be above 500 and they're going to be firmly in the playoff race in the AFC. Yeah, who would have thought that was coming? Unbelievable. After that 0-3 start. <laughs> Like they, I mean, they looked like one of the worst teams in football. Not even 0-3. They started 1-4. Yeah. And if they beat the Rams today, 
That's four straight wins. Unbelievable. God. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be seriously like boycotting all teams from the NFC West if that's this happens <laughs> after Seattle gave us no help whatsoever a few weeks ago and, and you know stole the game out the here. Seahawks. And so you know, it'd be the that. same thing with the Rams because the Browns could have easily beaten the Rams. They didn't. And if the Steelers beat them, that would be just a whammy. Uh, looking into tonight, we got the Vikings playing at the Cowboys. That should be a good matchup. Vikings are six and three. Cowboys are five and three. Yep. And then an even better game for Monday night. Wow, ESPN hit the jackpot here. Seahawks, who we just mentioned, seven and two, playing at the undefeated eight and 49ers. Yeah, that's a that's going to be a great game, especially in San Francisco. That's going to yeah. be really great. Well, this is another one of those games. If there's any sort of lingering wonderment as to whether the 49ers are truly for real, I mean, this is another one of those games that, you know, you can pretty much stop asking questions if they win this one. Yeah, I I think you can say the same thing about uh, tonight's game with uh, the Vikings and the Cowboys for both teams. I mean, this is a really, like... Like okay, which one of these two teams is for real? Because if, if, if the Cowboys win, they go to six and three, and uh, then are you know back on on you know the, uh, the Eagles are still kind of there, but if the, I think if the Cowboys go to six and three, um, you know, you really got to look at them as the, probably the prohibitive favorite in that division, and then the Vikings are fighting. You know, if they win, are, they're six and three right now. Are yes. They not? Mm-hmm. So they'll go to seven and three, and then you know, depending, the Packers seem to be in a in a dogfight with the with the uh, Panthers uh, today. So if the Packers lose, they drop to seven and three. So you know, you put the uh, put that division up for grabs. So it's a big, big game tonight. Yeah, that is a very. In addition good game. to like you said, tomorrow two really good primetime games. Yeah, it's it's rare that you get a week where you have two primetime games as good as this. Is that game in Minnesota? Uh, no, it's in Dallas. Oh, it's in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. And, and like you said, the the Vikings and the Cowboys are two teams that they, it seems like most of the time they look pretty good, but they have some weeks where you just wonder, like, right. what is going on here? Right, so, like Dallas when they went to the Jets. Yeah, that, right. Yeah, That's the difference between a, a great team and just a just a pretty good one. You know, the, the good teams often just have these bad days where you just can't explain. But the yep. Chiefs are another great example of that because, you know, they looked like one of the best teams in football the first four or five weeks, and now it's like, what's going on there? Well, they like you like you said earlier with the uh, built-in alibi of Freddie Kitchens, they have a legit built-in alibi because they lost Pat, Patrick Mahomes for three weeks. Yeah, but now he's back. And still but now he's games. back, and they lost. So, I get, yeah, you know, I guess Bottom that, line is that their defense isn't very good. I guess that alibi doesn't work either. And, yeah, their defense is not good at all. Um, so, so anyway, yeah, you know, you know who knows? You know, if you're looking at this long term, shifting back more toward the Browns here, if you're looking at the AFC and trying to figure out, because I mean, we're not going to catch Baltimore. I hate no. to say it. I mean, if we beat Baltimore a second time, <coughs> we're dropping the hammer on them head to head. They'd still have to lose a bunch more games for us to catch up to it. I just don't. Conventional think wisdom. Conventional wisdom had had everybody thinking, oh, they're going to go up to Seattle and they're going to lose because not many teams win in Seattle. And then they have to also then play the Patriots. Yeah, they got that. They got the Patriots at home, but it's the Patriots. They were undefeated, so yeah, we you thought thinking, they were going to lose that game yeah, too. Yeah, we were thinking back-to-back losses for yeah. them right there. Yeah, so they right, beat both teams. Yeah, exactly. So right now, for me, I would have had the Ravens at five and four. Yeah, and it'd be a different scenario no, no. if that was if Seattle that was had the case. pissed on their leg against against the, the the Ravens in that game, and then for whatever reason, uh, the Patriots just decided not to show up in Baltimore. Oh, they didn't show up at all. No, they, they got terrible. So yeah, it, the Browns are the Browns have gotten no breaks this year whatsoever. None. None. 
But um, so get, getting back to the main point here. So if you're looking at who the teams are, because now you're thinking wild card. Yeah. Who the Browns may have to have to try to get above? They may have to try to get above Indianapolis, who's five and three. Yeah. Buffalo, who you just played today, thankfully you beat. They're yep. six and three. Um, you know Tennessee. I can't. I I hate the fact that I keep having to bring them up, yep. but you know they're still in it at five and five. You know they they've got them. a tiebreaker on you, which is not good. Nope. You know even. But we're only one. We're in the loss column. We're only one loss behind them. Right. You know, even teams like Jacksonville, Jacksonville's four and five. You know, they're they're still probably telling themselves, "Hey, we got a shot at our division, and maybe a wild card if not." So, yep. you know, the Browns right now are still sitting thirteenth in the conference. I mean, they're yeah. Broncos are also three and six. It's it's where they deserve to be because they haven't yeah. played well this year. So, I mean, we're getting way too premature with this. I mean, you you'd have this well, game it, coming up against gets, Pittsburgh exactly is, is so massive. You have got to win this one. Absolutely. Full stop if you're going to have any chance coming behind. Because A, right. it's a division game. B, you most teams are not getting in with seven losses. Right. Yeah, well, just... the, the Browns, with the way they played the first half of the season, have put themselves in this situation where from here on out, and it started today, every well, actually, to me, it started last week because I I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell the Browns are going to go 8-0 in the second half of the year and go end up 10-6. and But... They had to get that win last week. They didn't do it. They got the win today. So, yeah, every week from here on out is essentially a playoff game for the Browns. Because if you lose and, like you said, go to seven losses, with the way the AFC is this year, you're probably not getting a wild card. The the one saving grace for the Browns is is the way their losses have been. Three of them are against NFC opposition. Right. And if you – let's just say you take care of business. You beat Cincinnati twice. Yeah. You know, you beat Miami Arizona. Yeah, you beat Arizona. Yeah, you can see where okay, maybe you have a division record of four and two or five and one. Right. Maybe your conference record is pretty good. You know, if it comes down to it and you're in it down to the very end, those factors are going to be pretty important. Yeah. But 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 they got to walk the walk. They got to beat Pittsburgh. They got to beat Miami after that. They I well, think they can't they play go Pittsburgh again after, right after that. So well, I mean, it's, my opinion, they can't go any worse than five and one in the division because if you go four and two, that means the Browns have two more losses on their schedule and they're finishing eight and eight at best. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah, because that's, they're one and zero in the division work. now. They have they, they they can afford they can afford one loss in their in their division, in my opinion, and, and they have then after that they have to win the rest of their games. So they, so I'm so my thinking is then. Uh, that one loss to me probably is at Pittsburgh. You have to beat Baltimore at home. You can't lose to Baltimore at home. And then obviously on Thursday, and like we said, that's you know, like we said, every it's the every week is the season. Now they put themselves in this position where they're playing playoff games for the rest of the year. You yeah, know? they are. The, the Browns can go on a five-game winning streak uh, starting today and be you know seven and six, but. Whoever they're playing in Week 15, if they lose that game, they're probably out. So they, and that that's the mentality they got to have Five every week. Just win. Gotta, they got to go. Got to be the mentality. They man. have to go one and zero every week for eight weeks. That's what they have to do, and it's their own fault. They put themselves in that position. The good thing is they don't. They only have one game left against the team with a winning record. Right. That's when they play the Ravens Baltimore. the second time, and they get that game at home. Yeah. So that won't be a valid stat anymore if Pittsburgh. That wins I believe. I believe but. that is week. Uh, I believe that's week, week 16. 16. Yeah. Yep. So uh, if the Browns do somehow win today and then win the next five and they're going into that game eight and six, that game will be insane. I think we will be able to 
start to realistically extrapolate this if they beat Pittsburgh. <coughs> if, right. If they don't beat Pittsburgh, we could just say, yeah, ah, right. You know, maybe they'll beat Miami, maybe they'll beat Cincinnati, and they'll get the six or seven wins, but that would probably be their ceiling. Yeah. So, right. That's. So uh, that that's pretty much going to wrap up a bow on it. Uh, my opinion, uh, yeah, glad we got the win. Ex- excited about it. It's always great when you get a win in the NFL. I just I don't see the coaching issues getting fixed this season. So I think when we win games this the rest of this year, it's going to be like this, where it's going to be painstaking and it's going to be frustrating and it's going to be nerve-wracking and it's going to be like that. Because... As good as well as the Browns actually played in that first half. I mean, they should have been blowing out Buffalo in the first half, and they should have coasted to a win. Yeah. But with the way that this coaching staff, namely the head coach, manages each game, it precludes you from being able to gain separation to be able to win win games uh, convincingly. Um. So yeah, I mean, that's it for me. I don't know, Steve. Do you have anything else? Anything to tie up the bow on this on this game this, uh, today? Uh, I don't have anything more to say about this game, but I will say that the Steelers just fumbled. So, Did, what's the score in that game? Uh, still seven. Ah, uh, no, wait a minute. They now they call it incomplete. Some of them. All right. So anyway, uh, that's gonna do it for us uh, this week. Browns win. We're happy. We're thrilled. We're still very concerned about uh, what's going on with the coaching staff and the way that the game's being managed. But hey, wins a win. Not gonna, uh, not gonna uh, give it back. You always take wins in the NFL, whatever shape, size, uh, they come in. So, final uh, word on this is it's kind of like the BGSU hockey chant. You got one, two, three. We want more. We want more. We want more. Go, 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 go. That's what it is. So we'll leave that. We'll leave you with that. Um, be sure to check out LOTL this week. Uh, we will be back Thursday night. Actually, we're going to try and get... Could the re- be early Friday morning. Well, who, who knows? Well, we're going to try and get the recording done uh, before the game on Thursday. So uh, we'll give our predictions on the show. Uh, be sure to check out Steve's latest journal entry on LOTLpodcast.com. Um, that one's called The Peak, right? Yes. Yeah. And that you basically was the height of my training uh, that took place in September and October. Um, I'm now just uh, just a few days away now. Saturday is uh, is the big the big race. So uh, you know now I'm more or less just trying to make sure I've got the legs to be able to do this. So yep. you know, and that's going to be detailed in the taper, which you, we will uh, which you'll probably see this coming Thursday. Absolutely. So keep a lookout for that. Check out his newest piece on ltlpodcast.com, and uh, we will catch you guys later. So for Steve, for Dan. Uh, for Steve, I'm Dan uh, from LOTL. We'll catch you guys later this week, and then hopefully another Browns win on Thursday night. Go Browns! It's over.